Greg Rubel of Living Streams Community Church in McCordsville, Indiana. We want to thank you for your interest in God's Word and this message. We pray that God puts it into your heart. Philippians chapter 3 today will look specifically at verse 8. So Philippians chapter 3, verse 8, it says, I consider everything a loss compared to the surpassing greatness of knowing Christ Jesus my Lord, for whose sake I have lost all things, I consider them rubbish that I may gain Christ and be found in Him. To know the Son of God the reality of Jesus in my life that surpasses everything. Knowing Jesus, we're told it's better than a promotion. Knowing Jesus is better than success, it's better than power, it's better than a nice warm bed to sleep in or a nice soft couch with fluffy pillows to lay on on Sunday afternoons. It's better than that. Knowing Jesus. It's better than strawberry shortcake on the 4th of July. It's better than a candy apple at the county fair. It's better than a painless life and an exciting life. It's better than winning. Can you believe that? That knowing Jesus would be better than winning? It's better than mastering Paul's saying, you know, you you meet a pretty young gal, and you think, man, that gal, she's really something. Paul's saying, knowing Jesus is better than that. And you meet a nice young man, you think, boy, he's a nice guy, he's he's handsome, he's really respectful. And Paul says, knowing Jesus is better than that. He says, I consider everything a loss compared to... To the surpassing greatness of knowing Christ Jesus, my Lord. Now, a lot of us, we've heard that verse, and we know it. It's it's a beautiful testimony. I mean, it's stirring, I think, from a spiritual perspective. It can be, be stirring for a seeking heart. But Paul, come on now, Paul. I mean, our... Are you being real with me right now, Paul? 
I mean, are you being, being serious? Are you being straight with me? You're telling me that the success and sex and ease and all those things, you're telling me that knowing Jesus is better than that? Paul! Come on, Paul! Are you serious? I think in the corners of our heart, that's our attitude. I would surmise today that there are echoes in our hidden parts today that sound like that. Come on, Paul, really? My thesis today is simple. Knowing Christ surpasses all. Knowing Christ surpasses all. Consider all as lost. The way to it is simple. The way to it is unadorned, understand, but the reality, I want to share with you the reality of what we're talking about, perhaps best described in Revelations 1 by John. This is the reality of knowing Jesus Christ. John says, I turned to see the voice that was speaking with me, and having turned, I saw seven golden lampstands. In the, in the middle of the lampstands, I saw one like a man, clothed in a robe, reaching to the feet, and girded across his chest was a golden sash. His head and his hair were white, like wool, like snow, and his eyes were like a flame of fire. His feet were like burnished bronze when it has been made to glow in a furnace, and his voice was like the sound of many waters. In his right hand he held seven stars, and out of his mouth came a two-edged sword, and his face was like the sun that was shining in his strength. John says, when I saw him, he says, I fell like a dead man. And he placed his right hand on me, saying, Do not be afraid. I am the first and the last and the living one. I was dead, and behold, I am alive forevermore. That's the reality of knowing Jesus Christ. I'm praying that our hearts would hear today that knowing Him, it surpasses all. There's nothing more joyful that you will find in this world, there's certainly nothing more sure that you will find than knowing Jesus. So, wrestling with that idea, knowing Jesus, knowing Christ, surpasses all, the first question that I would have is, okay, well, what what does knowing mean? Okay, what does it mean to know Christ? Well, when we speak of knowing understand that we're not referring merely to a cognitive knowing. Okay, when I'm talking about knowing Christ, when Paul's talking about knowing Christ in Philippians 3.8, he does not refer simply to a, a head knowledge, a head knowing. I know Jesus, I've heard of Jesus, I believe in Jesus. <clears throat> Recognize that knowing in this context It is not merely getting it in your head. It is not simply being convinced of it in your heart. But this knowing, it is an experiential knowing. Okay? Knowing Christ is an experiential knowing. That's what we're talking about in Philippians 3.8. To make it simpler, you know, experiential knowing, what in the world is that? 
What I'm saying is this. There's a difference between knowing Jesus and knowing about Jesus. Okay? There's a difference between knowing Jesus and knowing about Jesus. For you and I, knowing Jesus should be experiential. I'll describe it like this. A couple of weeks ago, uh, we had the Orth family over for dinner uh, at our house. Now, why did we have them over for dinner? Well, because we wanted to get to know them. But understand, if I had simply wanted to know about them, well, I could have gotten on my cursed phone. I could have cursed texted, blessed Brother Mike, and I could have asked him, Mike, what do you know about the Orths? Tell me about the Orths. I want to know all that you know about the Orths. Just text, 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 text. But I didn't want to know about the Orths. I wanted to know the Orths. And so we had them over for dinner. Our families interacted. One of my kids almost broke the knee of one of their kids. So, you know, we, we were experiencing uh, life together by being together. This past week, uh, we were out at the county fair, and one of my kids, we were standing in the, the line at the, the dairy bar, and one of my kids saw their kids, and, and she just about like flipped out. She's like, oh, look, Dad, they're so-and-so, they're so-and-so, and she's waving, and she's jumping up and down, and I'm like, what in the world? Well, a week ago, two weeks ago, she wouldn't have responded like that. So, so what changed from two weeks ago to this past week at the fair? Well, there was an experiential knowing that had taken place so that that's what that's what we're talking about it's experiential knowing when paul talks about knowing jesus he does not speak merely of knowing about jesus but he's talking about experiencing jesus so understanding that talking about the knowing okay i recognize it's an experiential knowing now what about the the jesus part knowing Jesus, knowing, knowing Christ, surpasses all. How do I experientially know Christ? What does that look like? How do I go about that? I would suggest to you that in this context today, knowing Jesus, of course, that's a broad subject, so give me some grace. But within this context, I think we can recognize that knowing Christ means experiencing who He is. Okay, knowing Jesus Christ experientially means experientially learning who He is. Namely, that means knowing Him as your King. That means knowing Him as your Savior. And that means knowing Him as your friend. As King, as Savior, and as friend. Knowing that experientially. So, Considering first, how do I experientially know Christ as king? What does that look like? Understand, first of all, that Jesus Christ is your king. Whether you recognize that today or not, the day is coming when you will recognize it, regardless of whether you wish it or not. For Jesus Christ, we're told, He is the immortal He is the invisible, He is the Word, and He is the Head. He is the right hand, He is ascended, He is highly exalted and superior. Though tempted in every way as you and I are tempted, Jesus was perfect. 
Jesus was perfect without a pepper speck of sin. He is the one by whom all things were created, and He is the one whom all things were created for. Therefore, Jesus Christ is your King today. Do you know that? Do you experientially know that Jesus Christ is your King? Now think about the game of chess. And in the game of chess, what, what is the key piece? What's the central piece in a game of chess? It's the king, right? In the game of chess, everything revolves around the king. The king is the centerpiece. The king is the object. The king is the goal. Jesus Christ is the king. And if Jesus Christ is the king, we can understand, well, then you and I, what's my role? What, what piece would I be? Well, I could be a pawn or, you know, maybe if you really think you're something, you could be like a knight or a, or a rook or a bishop. If you really think highly of yourself, you know. But whatever piece we are, the fact remains that in the game of chess, everything we do, it revolves around the king. We are to move on behalf of the king. We are to sacrifice For the king. We are to be spent for the king. We are sent out in pursuit of the king to chase him, to find him, to take hold of the king today. So experientially knowing Christ means understanding that Jesus Christ is my aim. He is my focal point. He is my pursuit. For he is sinner. So is Jesus Christ your aim today? Is Jesus Christ your aim? Is knowing Him? Is supping with Him in His great hall? Is having His righteous scepter extended towards you? Waiting for His latest proclamation? Hearing His most recent decree? Does that, do those things surpass all for you today? Oh, that it would be so. That it would be so that Jesus Christ would be known as King in our hearts. That we would know Him as King in our hearts. For know today that the angels know it. We're told in heaven today they're singing worthy is the Lamb who was slain to receive power and wealth and wisdom, strength and honor and glory and praise to Him who sits on the throne and the Lamb be praise and honor and glory forever and ever. The angels are singing that today. Is my heart lifting up that kind of song? Is my heart singing that kind of song? Because understand today that we are created pieces. You and I are created pieces. We are not our own. Did you know that? Did you know that you are not your own? That in, in Jesus Christ, did you know that you are not the head? You are not the issuer of decrees. You are not the one who seals the scrolls. You're not your own. But you've been bought at a great price. I think about the baby Moses. You remember the baby Moses? He was floating along that river. And in that basket, he was drawn up out of that river 
And in the same way, you and I, we have been drawn up. In the same way as the the baby Moses was lifted up by royalty, so you and I, we have been lifted up out of the river by royalty. You and I, we have been claimed by a king. And it's through faith in Christ that you and I, we become part of a royal family. It's through Jesus Christ that you and I, we become part of a royal priesthood. And knowing Christ, experientially knowing Christ, means having that experience means knowing Jesus Christ today as King. It means knowing Him as King, firstly, and then secondly, a second way that we can know who He is, it means experientially knowing Him as Savior. Okay, knowing Jesus as King, knowing Jesus as Savior. 1 John 4.14 says that the Father has sent His Son... To be the Savior of the world. In Matthew one twenty one, the angel told Joseph to name him Jesus because he will save the people from his sins. Do you know Christ as Savior today? Experientially. Recently I was talking uh, with Jim O'Rear. And I would ask you to continue to pray uh, for him. He's having a rough time and he's in the hospital uh, right now. Um, but recently I was speaking with him and, you know, I love to sit and I love to listen uh, to him because, you know, in his heart he's so fiercely, there's just a, a fierce longing to be with Jesus. One day he was leaning back in his chair and his eyes were closed and, you know, the tears, they were just pouring uh, down his cheeks. And he just said, oh, I, I long to be with Jesus. And he said, I want to be a Jesus. I want to see him. I, I want to hold his hands. And then he paused and he said, I want to kiss his feet. And he said, I, I, I want to get down and I want to kiss his feet. And you could just see the truth of that. In his eyes, you could see the sincerity, the longing that he had to kiss the feet of Jesus. So I asked him, Jim, why don't, why don't we long for that? Why don't, why don't you and I, why don't other people, why, why don't we ache to bow down and to kiss the feet of Jesus? You know what he said? He said, because they don't know what he's done. You know, they don't know what Jesus Christ has done. Do you know what Jesus Christ has done for you today? Have you experientially known what He's done? Isaiah 53 says that Jesus suffered and endured great pain for you. He was wounded and He was crushed because of your sins. By taking your punishment, He made you completely well. You were like a sheep that had wandered off. You had gone your own way, but the Lord gave Jesus the punishment that you deserved. He was painfully abused, but he did not complain. He was silent like a lamb being led to the butcher. His life was taken away because of the sinful things that I had done. 
Jesus wasn't dishonest. Jesus wasn't violent. But He was the one who was buried. The Lord decided His servant would suffer as a sacrifice to take away my sin and to take away my guilt. Others thought He was a sinner, but He suffered for me. And ask God to forgive me. Jesus asked God for that. Strength, do you know what Jesus Christ has done for you today? Do you know what the Savior has done? If we did, then knowing Jesus, knowing Christ, it would surpass all. Nothing would matter but for knowing Him. If knowing Jesus, you know, think about it, if kissing the feet of Jesus, and this is a beautiful thought about kissing the feet of Jesus, because when Jim was talking about kissing the feet of Jesus, I, I was picturing, you know, the, these worn, uh, withered, beat up, um, bruised, and, and pierced feet. When I was picturing what Jim was talking about, kissing the feet of Jesus, you know what? That's not what Jesus' feet look like anymore. That's not what His feet look like anymore. Did you hear in Revelations 1? It said those feet, they are like bright and bronze now. The feet of Jesus. Understand, friend, today that the feet of Jesus are like brightened bronze that are made to glow in a furnace. They are not bloody now. They are not nailed now. They are not scratched. They are not calloused. And they are not bruised. For those feet that carried the weight of my sickening sin, they are polished now. And they are smooth. If our greatest desire is not to kiss those feet, Not to kiss those feet. We do not know what He has done. I do not know that the Holy Spirit would help me to see today that my life is as frail as a twig of straw. As thin as a wisp of wheat that has no hope against fire that would consume it. Such is my life. For you and I, we cannot outwit the fire, for we are straw. You and I, we cannot satisfy the flame, we are but dry grass. But thanks be to God who sent His Son into the world, a world that is filled with bales and bales of straw. A lot of consumable material here. A world that's filled with bales of flammable straw. But it is Jesus Christ who lifts us up from the fire pit. And so understand that knowing Jesus means experientially knowing that reality. The lifting up from the fire. It means knowing Jesus as Savior. It means knowing Him as King. It means knowing Him as Savior. And then thirdly, Knowing Christ means experientially knowing Him as friend. Okay, it means knowing Him as King, knowing Him as Savior, knowing Him as friend. Jesus Christ is a friend. John 15, verse 12, This is my commandment that you love one another just as I have loved you. 
Greater love has no one than this, that one laid down his life for his friends. You are my friends if you do what I command you. What's Jesus saying in that verse? Well, Jesus is saying, listen, you know me as friend if I do, if we do what he commands. We know him as friend. What did Jesus command? Well, he told us to love. Who did Jesus tell us to love? How did Jesus love? He laid down his life for his friends. Do you know him as friend today? Well, do you love as he loved? Do you lay down your life on behalf of him Are you laying down your life on behalf of Jesus as he laid down his life for you? In 2010, Kyle Carpenter was a Marine serving as a machine gunner in the Helmand province of Afghanistan. On November 21st of that year, Kyle and another Marine were manning a rooftop position during a firefight with insurgents when a hand grenade landed nearby. When that hand grenade fell... Kyle rushed forward and he fell on that grenade in order to shield his comrade from the blast. When the grenade exploded, Kyle's body shattered. He lost most of his jaw. He lost an eye. One of his lungs collapsed. Nearly given up for dead, he had to be revived on the way um, to the the hospital. He was actually labeled dead uh, at one point. When he arrived at the hospital, Uh, he later died nearly a second time at the Walter Reed Medical Center. Kyle spent two and a half years in a hospital. His daughters, not daughters, doctors, worked to rebuild his body. But in 2014, he was chosen to receive the Medal of Honor, the nation's highest military award. This is a picture of Kyle receiving that medal. You know, you and I, we can understand that Kyle, he sacrificed himself. He laid himself out on behalf of a friend whose name was Nick. Kyle laid himself out on behalf of Nick. And Jesus said, listen, greater love has no one than this, that one lay down his life for his friends. Do you know Jesus Christ today? Do you experientially know Jesus Christ as friend? Because understand that in Philippians chapter 3 verse 8, when Paul says, I consider everything a loss, that included his life. That included his very life. He said, according to my earnest expectation and my hope, That in nothing I shall be ashamed, but that with all boldness as always, so now also Christ shall be magnified in my body, whether it be by life or be by death, for to me to live is Christ and to die is gain. Experientially knowing Christ is friend. It is the carrying of a cross. It's taken up a cross daily. And following after him. It means taking up a cross like Simon of Cyrene. He was pulled out of the crowd. He'd come in from the fields. But that day, Simon of Cyrene, he was pulled out of the crowd. And he was made to carry the cross of Christ. Knowing Jesus as friend. It means carrying a cross. 
means carrying the cross. means carrying a friend. Carrying a cross and carrying a friend. I think about the men who carried the, the crippled man upon the mat. You remember that story? Those men who carried the crippled man and they, they carried the man. They climbed a wall. They clawed through a roof. So they carried, they climbed, and they clawed through a roof in order that that man might have opportunity to see Jesus. When you and I, when we know Jesus as friend, it means carrying a cross. It means carrying a friend, laying ourselves out, pouring ourselves out on behalf of another. Do you know experientially today, do you know Jesus Christ as King? Do you know Him as Savior today? Do you know Him as friend Understand that knowing Christ, it surpasses all. Knowing Christ surpasses all. Are you experiencing the reality of knowing Jesus? Knowing who He is. Not knowing about Jesus. Not knowing the stories. Not having said a prayer. Not knowing about, but are you experiencing the reality of knowing Him? He whose feet or like burnished bronze? Do you know the reality of knowing what He's done? Knowing what he, who He is and what He's done? If you're not, if you don't, you know, if you're not experiencing the reality, if you're, if, if you're not experiencing who He is, you know, listen today, maybe you feel like uh, you know, you're, you're sensing that there's, there's a distance, there's a gap between you and God today. You, know, you don't know what it is, but, but it's like you, you can feel there, there's this distance within you. There's a disconnect. It's like you know, God's up, up here somewhere and I'm down here and then in between. I mean, there's no communion, there, there's no communication, there, there's nothing happening here. It's, it's him up here and it's me down here. There's no feed. I mean, to be honest with you, Shane, I ultimately, I really, I feel cut off today from spiritual things. I mean, my, my soul, it's tired. My heart, it, it, it's brittle. I just feel numb when you speak of Jesus. There's just a numbness that comes over me today. I mean, I know God must, must be out there, but it's like there's this wall. There's a wall that I've got that, that's between He and I. There's this block that's in front of me. What is keeping you from the knowledge of God? What is it that keeps us from experientially knowing Christ? I'm going to give you two questions uh, for us to consider Two questions to consider. What, what is it that keeps us, what is it that keeps me, what is keeping me from experientially knowing Christ? Well, number one, I would say this. What is blocking the knowledge of Christ in my life? Okay, what is blocking the knowledge of Christ in my life, I think back to the Garden of Eden, way, way back in Genesis 3. And Adam and Eve fell. They disobeyed God. And as a result of their sin, 
we're told that God, He forced Adam out of the Garden of Eden and He placed a, a flashing, flaming sword that flashed and, and, and flamed in every direction to guard the entrance. What's blocking the knowledge of Christ in my life? Well, it could be sin. You know, you understand that, that this right here, you've been wondering, what, what is this? Is a puppet going to pop out of here? What's the situation this morning? Yeah, Speedy's not uh, coming today, but someday we'll try to get Speedy up here. But this is sin, okay? And what sin does is it blocks my ability to see God. Sin, it blocks my ability to hear God. You know, it's it's not just the sin in my life, it's unbelief. Think about the Israelites And the Israelites wandered back and forth and they grumbled and they said, God, you know, you're not being faithful. And they griped and they whined, you're not doing this, you're not doing that, you're not provided, you're going to leave us here. You know what God said ultimately? He said, because of your unbelief, your corpses will fall in the wilderness. So because of sin, Adam and Eve... Because of unbelief, you you think about the Israelites, those things block my knowing, my experiential knowing of Christ. What's in your life today? What wall is keeping you from Jesus? For you, what is it that's keeping you from Him? Understand that my sin, understand that my unbelief, that that blocks my ability to know Jesus. That blocks my ability to hear Him. So that we would examine with our hearts today, man, what, what's keep, what have I erected in my life? What am I pursuing in my life that, that's become a, a shield, but not a shield in a good way? Because it's a deafening shield. It's a blinding shield for me today. What in your life is blinding you from experientially knowing Jesus as King? As the centerpiece of your life. What's in your life today that is keeping you from experientially knowing Jesus as Savior, from understanding what He has done and His ability to lift away what blinds? What's blocking you today from knowing Him as as friend? From knowing Him who knew such love and loved in such a way that He gave His life for you? What's in your life today that's blocking Jesus? When we're asking the question, man, Shane, what's what's keeping me from experientially knowing Jesus? That would be my first question. What is blocking me from knowing Christ? Because sin and unbelief, they will block our knowledge of God. So that's the first question uh, that I would ask is, um, what is blocking my experiential knowledge of Christ. Uh, the second question that I would ask is, what is dimming? Okay, what is dimming 
my knowledge of Jesus Christ. I have to be careful when I say this. Because I feel like at this point in my life, this is kind of where I'm at. Okay, this is the question that I'm asking. And I wonder if a lot of us, you know, within the church, if if we might be here. Where it's not so much, hey, is this sin or not sin? When I'm stepping back and I'm examining my life before God, I'm not so much asking at this point, is this sin or not sin? Is this right or is that wrong? And now there's nothing wrong with doing that, okay? If you're doing that, please keep doing that. Thinking sin, not sin, that's the way to go, okay? But I'm saying, I think at a certain point you get to, okay, I, I get this is sin and not sin, but, but what about, what about this, this area? You know, maybe it's not, maybe it's not sin at all. I mean, I can still see Jesus. I mean, I know that, that Jesus is, is, is here, I can see Him, I can hear Him, but maybe it's something where I can't see Him as clearly as I ought. Again, it's not a sin that has been listed for me in the epistles. So I can't necessarily find it in the Bible, but it's something where, you know, when I engage in this activity or when I pursue this, I'm not seeing Jesus as clearly as I could. So ask yourself, you know, maybe there's not something blocking the knowledge of Christ in my life. But maybe there's something that is dimming Jesus in my life today. Is there something in your life that is dimming the knowledge of Christ? Oh, that we would seek that out today. We must seek it out for understand the voice of the Spirit. So often it is a quiet voice. It's a tender voice. It's a sweet voice. But if too dimmed, it can be too hard to hear. It can be hard to see. And so I need to look, I need to examine the things in my life and ask, is there something that's, that's hindering my ability to pursue Christ more fully? Is there something that's dimming him? You know, long ago I heard some kind of a, of a statement and the gentleman, he said something to the effect of, um, we shouldn't be asking so much what is right or wrong. wrong. We shouldn't be asking, well, hey, is this, you know, is, is this wrong? Am I close enough? If I get close enough here to this line, you know, am I still going to be okay? He said, Man, forget asking that. We need to be asking how holy can I be? Stop asking, well, how close, you know, how, how dim, how dim can, can Jesus get, but I can still be in Jesus? Stop asking how, how dim Jesus can be and we can still be okay. Instead, start asking, how holy can I be? So you and I today, we need to ask the question, what is blocking Christ in my life? What sin is there? What unbelief? We need to be asking, is there something in my life that's dimming him? Maybe in in a, a different context it would be fine. Maybe in another context it wouldn't be a problem. But there's something today that, that's stealing my affection from him. And it's dimming him in my life. So if you're wondering about experientially knowing Jesus Christ, I would say ask yourself those two questions. 
consider those two questions and consider them hard because understand what we're talking about here. The reality of Revelations 1, the risen son who has swords coming out of his mouth. I mean, man, burnished bronze for feet. I mean, what kind of a God are we worshiping here? It is an amazing God that we are worshiping here. It's an amazing God that Paul says is worth knowing. He surpasses all. He's better than your sweetest dream. He's better than your sweetest goal, the sweetest pleasure. Paul says knowing God, knowing Jesus surpasses all those things. Surpasses all. I want to tell you a story. So you guys know, you know, we all have our hobbies and different things that we do, right? And you, you guys know what my hobby is, right? The bunnies, you know. Uh, some of you are like, what? You know, so I, I, you know, we show rabbits, okay? I don't know how I got onto that. But as a kid, like, that's what I did. You know, some of you, you played uh, baseball or you were a painter or whatever. Well, when I was growing up, I showed uh, rabbits, and, you know, that, that was my pursuit, that was my passion, and I was fairly, fairly decent at it. And I had in my uh, bedroom, I had this big, this big bookshelf. And there, were, there were lots of, sh- it wasn't just one shelf, there were like rows of shelves. And so I had uh, rows of these rabbit trophies, okay, on, the, on these shelves. And it wasn't just like, well, you know, he's got one row here, one row here. No, I mean, I'm talking about these trophies, they were stacked, okay, like two and three rows deep on the shelves. I mean, just tons of these trophies with this little golden bunny on top of the, these trophies, you know. Well, you know what I did with all of those trophies with that, that little golden bunny on top? I took him to the fair one day. Here, just... Take them. I mean, they had they had no value. I mean, what what use did those trophies with the little golden bunny? I mean, what what could I possibly do with those? So one day, not long after I had gotten them, I I, I just gave them all away. Said, hey, give them somebody else. You know, repurpose them, award them to someone else. Now, I tell you that story because I would assume that ninety percent of you think Shane that is really dumb. I mean, I don't know why in the world you would want to raise rabbits. I mean, that's, that's like the stupidest thing, you know, that I've ever heard. What, what would be the point of that? You know, that you would chase after the, these trophies with this little golden bunny. Why would someone do such a thing? I didn't even know you could do such a thing. And if you think that, that's awesome. Because that's what I want you to think, okay? That's why I told you that story. Because understand that knowing Christ... Knowing the supremacy of the Son, the fullness of the Father, the efficacy of the Holy Spirit, knowing God, everything else, they're like trophies with little golden bunnies on top. Little golden bunnies that are going to rust away, that'll break. My brother threw a block at one one time. He knocked the bunny off the trophy and he didn't even get in trouble. Can you believe that? I was so upset. I was like, Mom, he threw, you know, he broke the trophy. Didn't matter. She didn't care. Understand that knowing Jesus Christ
Christ. It surpasses all. John 10, 14. It says that I am the shepherd. I know my sheep and my sheep know me. Do you know Jesus Christ today? I want you to know that if you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord, if you believe in your heart that God raised Him from the dead, that knowing, that experiential knowing of Christ as King, as Savior, and as friend, that experiential knowing can begin to take place in your life today. So what's blocking Him? What is dimming Jesus in your life today? Oh, that the Holy Spirit would show us that and that we cast it aside through His power, in His strength, that we can fully see and embrace the risen Son. Uh, I want to encourage you, if you could just uh, bow your heads with me, we're going to pray here to end. Um, but I was going to read from Second Peter chapter 1 for you, but I thought if, if our eyes were closed, we uh, might be able to hear it better. So just close your eyes and I'm going to read to you 2 Peter chapter 1. And this is verses 3 through 11. By His divine power, God has given us everything we need for living a godly life. We have received all of this by coming to know Him, the One who called us to Himself by means of His marvelous glory and excellence. And because of His glory, and because of His excellence, He has given us great promises, precious promises. These are the promises that enable you to share His divine nature and escape the world's corruption. In view of this, make every effort to respond to God's promises. Supplement your faith with the general provision of moral excellence. And moral excellence with knowledge. And knowledge with self-control. And self-control with patient endurance. And patient endurance with godliness. And godliness with brotherly affection. And brotherly affection with love for everyone. The more you grow like this, the more productive and useful you will be in your knowledge of Jesus. Those who fail to develop in this way are short-sighted or blind, forgetting that they have been cleansed from their sins. So, dear brothers and sisters, work hard to prove that you are really among those God has called and chosen. Do these things, and you will never fall away. Then God will give you a grand entrance into the eternal kingdom of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. And Father, we do pray today that you would help each of us to see the excellency of the Son. God, help me to know the excellency of the knowledge of Jesus Christ because the things of this, this world... It's messed with my taste buds. Things don't smell as they should. Things don't taste as they should. The world, Father, it's corrupted me. There's sin in me today. 
It's blocking my knowledge of you. It's dimming my knowledge of you. How we pray by the power of your Holy Spirit who is the great cleanser and purifier and teacher that he would show me what's wicked in my heart today. That he would show me what's within me that has spoiled and that is rotting and that is ruining the taste in my mouth for things of you. God, it should not be for you are sweet and you are nourishing God. You're full, you're complete, you're everything I need beyond what I could imagine. Oh, Father, that you would grant us the gift of faith and cause us to long for you above all else to consider everything is lost but for the excellency of knowing the surpassing greatness of Christ Jesus as Lord. And it's in your Son's name that we would pray. Amen.